<laughs> the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. This morning, I'm going to talk about obedience of faith. Notice, I didn't talk about, I'm not talking about just faith. I'm talking about obedience of faith. Jesus talked a lot about the kingdom of God. All through the New Testament, I mean, all through the Gospels, he talked about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is like, and he'll tell us what that is. So there is a kingdom within a kingdom. The Bible tells us we are ambassadors for Christ. This is not our place. If you are a born-again Christian, this is not your home. This is not your homeland. I know you are American, but according to the kingdom of God, you are a stranger in this place. You belong to the kingdom of God. There is a kingdom, and you live in God's embassy in the earth, uh, the church. Amen? That's God's embassy, and everything that happens in the embassy of God, the church must go according to the laws of the kingdom. Every kingdom has its currency with which you do business. In the United States, we have the dollar. In England, they have pounds. In uh, Mexico, they have peso. And in the kingdom of God, we have faith. That's the currency with which you do business in the kingdom of God. You know this. On earth, you can't do any business, much business for profit, without the dollar. You can't do much at all on earth without the dollar. And here in the United States, that's the currency that is accepted here. You may walk into a, a car dealership and, and talk to the car dealership and say, Look, hey, sir, I really like that car. I want to have that car. Please let me have that car. He'll say, oh yes, you can have it. We're glad. We have it out here for you. You can have it. Yeah, you have it out here for me. Uh, Can I have it? He says, yes. Can I just get in and drive over? He says, "Uh, so uh, where is the money? We need the money. You need money on earth. For transaction. Now, with God, you need faith. Faith is required for transaction with God. I'd like to let you know this, that God wants to bless you. God sent Jesus to this earth to bless us. God truly wants us blessed. That's God's desire for us. He wants us to have everything that pertains to life and to godliness. God really wants you to make it to be successful on earth. That's God's will for us. The Bible tells us in Psalm 5 verse 12, He says, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. And you, God, with favor, you will surround them as with a shield. So God wants to bless the one who is righteous before him. That's what God does. God will bless. 
God wants to bless those who are righteous before him. And believe me, you cannot be a part of the kingdom of God without righteousness. That's your social security number for the kingdom of God. Your personal righteousness that God delivered to you from the state. That's the kingdom of God. So God blesses the righteous. He wants to bless the righteous and to surround the righteous with favor as with a shield. In other words, no matter what the enemy brings against you, they will come against that shield of favor. If it's not something that pertains to favor, it can't come into your life. God wants you surrounded with favor as with a shield. That's the shield around your life. God wants his people blessed. I was reading a scripture in um, Isaiah 45 verse 19. He says, God is speaking. He says, I never spoke in dark places of the earth. That's in King James. We'll talk about the Amplified. He said, God said, I don't. I never spoke in the dark places of the, the earth. I spoke openly what I would do. Only demons speak in dark places and they pretend they give a lot of promises in the dark, but they never fulfill a single one of those promises. God saying, no, that's not me. I speak openly what I intend to do. And he says, look, I never said to the seed of Jacob, serve the Lord in vain. I never said that. You can never serve God in vain. You can never serve God without Him blessing you. That's why Satan doesn't want people to serve Him. He wants to distract them with other things. He wants them to to be distracted pursuing the blessings that God wants to bless them with if they serve Him. So God intends for His children to be blessed. And you can read it here in the scriptures, Isaiah 49, I mean 45 verse 19, and I'm going to read from the Amplified. He says, I have not spoken in secret in a corner of the land of darkness. I did not call the descendants of Jacob, now he's speaking to us Christians today, I, many times when I'm praying, these days I tell God, I am Jacob. You know why I do that? God was called by the name Jacob, right? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob is no longer here. I'm here today. I am Jacob. Can I hear it? Amen? You are Jacob. And God wants to bless Jacob. As a child of Abraham, you inherit the blessings of Abraham because you are Jacob. God will appear to you to bless you just like he did Jacob when Jacob was with Laban. God wants to bless those who serve him. That's just his way. He's the way of the Lord. But God is saying here in the scriptures, I did not call the descendants of Jacob. In other words, if you are a child of God, you belong to the house of Abraham. God did not call you to, be fruit, to have a fruitless service. Saying, seek me for nothing. God's not calling you to serve him and get nothing out of it. No, not when you get to heaven, by and by. God wants to bless you right now. Not just with finances. He wants to bless you with good health. 
He wants to bless your family. He wants to bless your business. He wants to bless you mentally. God wants to even give you wisdom. He did give to Solomon. Did you know Solomon was not born with wisdom? And Solomon knew he wasn't born with wisdom. And he said it to God, I don't have wisdom. And God gave him wisdom. And that transformed his life and the whole world. God also wants to bless you because Solomon was also a seed of Jacob. Hello? Solomon was a seed of Jacob. And God blessed him when he called out to him. So God wants to bless the righteous. God says, I didn't say to you, seek me for nothing. You don't serve God for nothing. If you're not getting anything, maybe you're not serving God the way he wants you to serve him. And we're going to be talking about that. We serve God and he takes care of us. So God says, no one is going to be able to indict me that I served you for nothing. And I got nothing. Not with God. He'll bless you you mentally. He'll bless everything. And keep you strong. The Bible says, we'll renew our strength as the eagles. I like that scripture these days, you know, the older I get, the source, I want my strength renewed as the eagles. Yes, to be able to kick sometimes and go around because Jesus is in my life. Amen. And I'm still as young as my, my children. I can do what they do. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but that's what the promise is. You heard it from Caleb, right? I'm 80 now. I still feel as strong as I was when I was 40. Amen. Let's not go there. But this is serious. This is what God wants for us. He's our inheritance. You know, I said, once you are born again, God has an inheritance for you. We are joint heirs with Christ. For what? For the inheritance that God purchased for us. I need to read that will. Hello? I need to read that will to find out what's there for me and my home. I need to read that will. He's there. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Can you imagine what God is giving to Jesus and I can have a part of that? My senior brother, okay, was there for us. And he's not going to beat me out. He has everything. So God wants to bless us. God says, but I promised them a just reward. The word just is very important. A just reward. Just as you serve, he, prom- he promises to give you a just reward. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. Did I speak the truth. I am trustworthy. You can trust what I say to you. You can put your life on it. It will work for you. That's what God is saying. I am straightforward. In my correspondence, 
between deeds and words. I declare these things, and those things are right. That's what God is saying to us. So when you serve God, He blesses you. You know that scripture. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and He will bless your bread and your water. That's what God wants. These are scriptures for us today. Serving God has two parts. The first part is it's all of faith. The first part is the righteousness of faith. That's why I call that. The righteousness of faith. That's the first part. The second part is the obedience of faith. You, we need both of them for us to inherit our, or to have our inheritance in our hands. We need both of them. The righteousness of faith. That's so important to us. Until you are righteous, you can't come into God's presence. There is no business between you and God. You are not permitted. You don't have what we call the green card to do business. You are not a citizen yet. So you can't do anything, any transaction with God without righteousness. Righteousness is our number one gift. But you can't have righteousness without faith. There is a righteousness that we can have on our own based on our good works. But that doesn't make you a part of the kingdom of God. What makes you a part of the kingdom of God is the righteousness of faith. Notice, he's called the righteousness of God by faith. You are only righteous before God, not because of what you've done. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is no good. No, not one. There is only one way God will accept you as a part of his kingdom as the child of his kingdom, to be blessed. Only one way, and it's through the righteousness of faith. Basically, you are trusting everything that Jesus has done for you, and you are not trusting in anything that you have done, good or bad. Just what Jesus has done. That's where most people are missing it. They are looking to themselves and the good things they have done. Maybe uh, I don't want to come to the Lord Jesus today because uh, I really need to clean myself first before I go to church. You're kidding yourself. You never go to church. You need church to get clean. You're not going to be able to do it. That's self-righteousness. It won't work for you. It won't won't promote you. What you need is the righteousness of God, God's own righteousness given to you because of what Jesus did on the cross. That's all that is accepted. And that's the righteousness that will transform your life. It will change your being. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. But you have to notice, God died for the world. You know that word, the Lord God made it clear to us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And you know the scriptures. But the world is not saved. It is not the will of God that any should perish. He wants everyone to be saved. He wants everyone to have a right standing with God. Not sinless, right standing with God. Meaning you can stand in his presence and do business with him. And he listens to you and he'll bless you. Because you have a right standing with him. 
has nothing to do with what you have done. Now, in, in uh, uh, Romans chapter 10, Paul was speaking about the Jews. He said, I, I have a heart of sorrow for the Jews because they really, they have a zeal, they are enthusiastic about God, but not according to knowledge. They love God and they, they want to do things for God and they go to church in the synagogue, but they're not doing it according to knowledge. He says, for them, they go about trying to establish their own righteousness. They have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. You, we have to submit to the righteousness of God. And submission meaning, I don't have it. You remember what the scripture says. Blessed are they poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. So when I feel like, look, God, I don't have it. I'm just really tired. I'm struggling. I need you. Then the blessing comes and then you can receive the righteousness. But you have to know it and apply faith. It's called the righteousness of faith. The righteousness of faith. And you can see that in Romans chapter 10, verse 6. And then there is the obedience of faith. Obedience of faith. It's funny, whenever we think about obedience, you said the, when you hear the word obedience among Christians, guess what they are thinking? The immediate thing is staying away from sinning against God. That's obedience. Your righteousness of faith took care of that issue. Amen? The righteousness of faith that you, when you accept Jesus Christ into your life, that dealt with that question. And you can always go to that righteousness of faith through confession and get that. That's not what this means about obeying God for blessing. It's called the obedience of faith. Now that you are a Christian, you are now, you are now called to walk a walk of faith, to do business of faith so that you can grow and be blessed, be successful in the things of the kingdom. It's called the obedience of faith. It's not staying away from sinning because there is more to do than not to do with the New Testament. Amen? There's a whole lot more to do. So when we talk about obedience of faith, he's basically doing what God says. Let me share, share the scripture with you in Matthew chapter 12 verse 13. He says, Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. That's a command. Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, right? And it was restored as whole as the other. When we talk about obedience, we think it's something that we really need to, you know, walk. It's a simple command. Just do what, find out in the scripture what God says about what's troubling you and do what he says. Obedience of faith. Obedience of faith. Look at what this situation is. This man was in the synagogue with a withered hand, meaning his hand he couldn't use. His hand had been bad for a long time, paralyzed hand. 
atrophied. In other words, it's been bad. He hasn't used that hand, probably shriveled and was just there. He couldn't move it. Notice what Jesus did, which is a lesson. That's why I'm bringing this, bringing this lesson for us to learn how God works. Notice Jesus didn't say to him, son, I'm healing you now. So stretch out your hand. Not, none of that. No persuasion. He looked at him and said, hey, stretch out your hand. It's a command. What was his need? He needed his hand to be restored. You know how important your hand is? You have to work, right, with your hand. You write with your hands. You can think it in your mind and know all of that. We want it on paper for us to grade you so we can promote you. We need our hands. His life wasn't where God wanted it to be because of what has happened to his hand. And then, what's happening in your hand? What's happening to your hand? What's holding you back? Can you stretch it out? Notice what, the man, what Jesus said to the man. Stretch out your hand. You know what most people would do? Lord, are you aware that the hand is paralyzed? Everybody here knows my hand. And they will give you the history of how long this has been. You think that will help him? But that's what we do with the Lord. We want to tell him all these things he already knows. He says, do it. Just stretch out your hand. And notice what that man did. And he stretched it out. How could he do it? The hand was paralyzed. How is it possible for him to do it? The transaction of faith. Amen? He thought it in his mind. Ah. Did I hear him say, stretch out your hand? Well, I'm going to do that. No question about how bad that hand was. And the Bible says, and he stretched it out. And when was the hand restored? Only after he stretched it out. Only after he stretched it out. God bless me, bless me, bless me. God said, do what I asked you to do. Do what I asked you to do. Oh no, God. It's like going to the car dealership and you're saying, I want that car. And the guy is telling you, give me the money. He said, yeah, I have tens of thousands of dollars in the bank. He says, I know, but you're not driving that car away until you deliver to me that check. You can begin to cry and plead with him, which is what we do with God, you know? Cry and plead with him. And the car dealer is saying, sir, is this that bad? <laughs> You're crying over this? All I'm asking for is the check. You can tell him you have the check in your pocket. He doesn't want to hear that. He wants the check in his hand. That's the obedience of faith. God needs you to produce your check. I call 
obedience of faith, that's faith in action. Faith in action. It's only your faith in action that will move God to act on your behalf. Until you act on your faith, there is no evidence that there is faith. And God is a merciful God. He loves us. And I've come to realize that until I can believe God for something, it's not going to happen. I have to believe His Word. So I do everything that I can do to obtain that faith so I can obtain from Him. Faith is, uh, and the operation of faith, faith in action is the only thing that will bring you a good report. We need to act. Many times we think that if we pray long, that's when God is going to answer. Praying long may get you to a place of faith in God. But what God actually needs is obedience of faith, which is faith in action. God wants you to act your faith. To act your faith. This is a law in the kingdom for every one of us. And as we proceed in this message, you will see that this is the way the kingdom works. You know the story of the ten lepers? The same principle. And the Jesus, they said, we want to be well. Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. And it was on their way to the priest, faith in action. They believed what he said, and they put their faith in action, not just standing there pleading with him, saying, God, why don't you just heal us? Then we go show ourselves to the priest. And they'll stay there for two days pleading with him to make them well. No, they started going, they obeyed what he said, and on their way, they got healed. That's the obedience of faith. We need to trust God to receive from Him. There's no other way out. We enter into God's grace in which we stand, according to the Scriptures, only through faith. Only by faith. And so I've come to realize nothing else matters. I need to study, need to pray, and need to find a way when there is a problem confronting me, to inject faith into my life so I can lose that fear of whatever Satan is coming against me with. Once I lose that fear, because I'm beginning... Because fear and faith cannot stay in the same place. Uh, Fear is also called anxiety. Okay? When you can't sleep and you're bothered, that's fear. They both cannot stay in the same place. So what I need to do is go to God, study the, study the scripture, let the scripture birth faith in me until I get to the place where I'm no longer afraid. The problem is still there. I'm still staring the problem in the face, but I'm no longer afraid. I'm saying to the problem, just like David to Goliath, you're coming down. Amen? I'm going to take you down. Faith in action. Amen? We're going to be talking more about this next week because I'm going to close this this time. We're going to talk about some things that God has shown shown to us for us to do in order for us to receive our blessings. And we'll go into those in details uh, next week, uh, Sunday. 
Would you bow your head with me this morning? Our church, we are really, by faith, we are moving towards bringing more people to Christ. We see what we see with our eyes, but we are trusting God and believing God. And I like it this way because we can see what God has done as we stand believing Him. First, we need the righteousness of faith in God, and then we need obedience of faith. The number one thing is the righteousness of faith. That's, without it, there is no obedience of faith. If you're here this morning and you are not sure that you have received from the Lord His righteousness, you have an opportunity to receive that this morning, and God wants to deliver that to you. All you have to do is lift up your hand and say, God, I want that righteousness. I want it to take over my life. So at the count of three, put your hand up if that's what you want. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand there. Thank you, Lord. I thank you. Thank you. God, I thank you for these people. I want to also share a little testimony with you. Many of us heard about a, uh, a man that was so troubled. He was thinking about taking his own life. And uh, he was in my office. Maybe it was Thursday or so. Just took him through several scriptures. And he accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. <laughs> and he's totally, totally a transformed man. I talked to him yesterday. The hope, hope has returned into his heart. And he's, he's looking after God. Things are going to change. He's not going to take his life anymore. There is a future because Jesus has come into his life. I'm so glad. He lives so far away. He'll be here. Yesterday he said, Pastor, anytime, just call me. I'll be there. Because I wanted the men to pray with him. That's what this is all about. God can transform people's lives. His life is changed. Catalino called me. I heard him. He's, he's a transformed man. Amen. Because the word of God changes people. As you accept the Lord this morning, you need that righteousness of faith. Guess what? I believe he has delivered it to you. If you believe, he's delivered it to you. All you need to do is ask. Jesus said this word in Matthew 7. 7 ask and it shall be given to you. Seek, you'll find. Knock, the door will be open to you. The next verse is so important. For everyone who asks, receives. For everyone who asks, receives. For everyone who asks, receives. And I told myself, I am everyone. That's me. So you're here this morning. Ask God. Amen? Ask God. If you need this righteousness, Jesus paid for it. Amen? It's a gift from God to you. Pray with me, everyone, this morning. Especially those that lifted up their hands. Don't go back on that. Receive it. Say with me, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. It was for me that you died. It was for me that you were beaten. Lord, I receive you as the Lord and Savior of my life. Jesus, 
I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord. And I believe in my heart that the Father raised you from the dead. You are now my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.